What's up, everybody? It's Dynasty Mirror. Search for a Huru. Let's get some more people in the uh, chat room before we get started. But thank you uh, for joining. And as you enter, please hit that like button. Uh, if you are new to the platform, please hit that subscribe button. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, today's topic. Today's topic is. Dear Black America, demanding respect with no power is hustling backwards. Now, listen. It's story time. I'm going to start off with a story. So back in corporate America, my corporate America days, I used to do sales. I was a sales rep. Business to business. I would go knock on doors. I would go cold call. And, you know, one of the things we did, or one of the techniques or objectives, before we presented our product, was to determine the decision maker. It was to determine, to find out who the decision maker is. And sometimes, you know, the, 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 the process could be a little, you know, it wasn't so straightforward. Because everybody at times when you go into a business, instead of being honest and transparent and saying that, you know, I'm not the decision maker. The decision maker is here. The boss is here. The person who could cut the check is over here. Instead of being honest and straightforward. Instead of being honest and straightforward. You know, their pride, their ego. In their in their mind, even though they're the you know they would stock the shelves, you know answer the phones. They were the receptionist, the secretary. For some reason, in their minds, they thought they were the bosses, but they didn't cut the check. So sometimes I'll go into a business. You have the secretary at the front desk. You know the the gatekeeper, as we called her. You know, I would do my spiel. Hey, I'm Dynasty Mir. I'm with so-and-so company. Uh, love to speak to whoever uh, makes the decisions on, you know, insurance or this product or that. And for some reason, sometimes instead of saying, okay, you know, the president of the company or, you know, HR or the so-and-so um, is not here or here goes their business card, the secretary would say that they are the boss. The secretary, the person answering the phone, would claim that they are the decision maker, that they were the decision maker. So I'll say, okay, you know, thank you. Hey, how's your availability? Um, so and so time. Or, you know, actually, if you have time now, um, love to, you know, present uh, our product, show you what we do. Um, and, you know, hopefully I can get your buy in. It's like, okay, all right, yeah, go ahead. So I, you know, I'll go through my sales presentation, take a tour of the facility, you know, point out different areas of where I could be of assistance, where we could help out, where we could help them improve. Then we sit down and it's time to sign the contract. 
well, you know, so-and-so, you know, as you said, you know, you needed this product. You thought this makes sense. Well, let's go ahead and get you set up today. Um, I'll be out next week to install everything, deliver your product, you know, or your, your policy will be in effect, um, you know, this day and this time for the company. Uh, go ahead and sign right here. All of a sudden, here comes the breaks. I'm not the decision maker. I'm sorry. I got to go talk to so-and-so. I'm just like, well, you just told me you're the decision maker. No, I'm not, you know, so-and-so, the guy right there in the back office, the big old office, that's the decision maker. Or sometimes you'll, you know, you'll go in um, to, to the account and the secretary, the, the, the gatekeepers right there at the, um, shout out to Gregory White in the chat room. You know, the secretary will come in. She says she's the boss, she's the decision maker, but you know she's full of it. Or you'll ask for a card for the president of the company or the contact information, and they don't, they don't want to give it to you. So then you got to do your, you got to go on your recon, look online, find out who the, the boss is. You find out who the boss is, you present to the boss, you sell them, get the contract signed. But even before that, so you get the boss on the phone, hey, you know, I'm Donnie Samir with so-and-so, uh, stopped by your business the other day, love to come in and discuss. Uh, how we can help you and, you know, in these areas, you know, we service uh, your neighbors across the street and they they enjoy the product and service. How's your schedule? So you go in. I mean, you, you, you schedule the appointment. You go in through the door. I mean, you go in. You're in the lobby waiting and the secretary sees you. And even before that, you'll have the secretaries that will tell you, oh, we don't need that. We already have that. You know, we already have that service. We already have this service. We don't need you. Sorry. Then again, you find out who the boss is, the decision maker is. You schedule an appointment. You go in. And then all of a sudden, you know, the secretary, she's sitting down. She sees you walk in. And she gives you that look like, why are you here? Didn't I tell you that we're not interested in your product or service? Like they're, they're grilling you. They see you, you know, at the door. They don't want to buzz you. Like they, they want to buzz you. In. They, they don't, they don't want to buzz you in. They see you through the camera. They're looking at you or they see you through the door. They're like, why is this guy here? I told, I told this sales guy that we didn't need his product or service. So you, you go in, you sit down. She asks you, why are you here? You sign your name. Oh, I'm here to see the president of the company. And she's, oh, you can tell she's pissed. How dare you? Didn't I tell you we didn't need your product or service? Didn't I tell you we already had everything taken care of? Didn't I tell you that I'm the boss and I make the decisions? Like you could just tell she's hot. So you sit down, president of the company calls you back, you go, you do your spill, you get the contract signed, you leave. You tell the secretary, have a nice day. She doesn't even want to respond. She's upset. So then you come back that following week with the products. You know, you're putting the products up. You just tell the secretary's piss because you went over her head and found out who the boss is, who the decision maker is. And you got the deal. Now, Dinah, where are you going with this? I read an article this, this morning. I'm going to show it to you guys later. 
It's in the L.A. Times. And guys, we've been talking about this the last couple of days. Like, I don't want to see or hear the outrage about the Central Park Five. But you're talking about voting for Biden. Uh, the four, the three strikes, uh, Mr. Three Strikes. Biden. I don't want you crying about the Central Park Five, but you're going to vote Democrat when Trump at the time when he put out the uh, the ad wanting the death penalty for the Central Park Five was a Democrat, and then Linda Fairstein, who is the uh, evil prosecutor, the villain in the series is also a Democrat who is friends with Hillary Clinton, the other president that you guys are talking about. I'm with her. I'm with her. Linda Fairstein, who also supported and hung out with the Obamas. So I don't want to hear the fake outrage. They're all the same people. And instead of having some pride, which I'm about to get into, we'd rather not have any dignity, no self-respect at all. And I'm about to read this article. But we, want, we demand people to respect us. We don't want any power. We don't want to put ourselves in position to have power. You know what? We're not going to vote. You, you need to earn our votes. If not, we're going to start our own block, our own party. We're going to create a third party and make sure we get power. Better yet, because of the situation, our reality in this country for the past 400 years, let's just start our own country. You guys don't want to do that. But then at the same time, we're treated as fourth and fifth class citizens here in America. We brag about it. We support it directly, indirectly. We agree with it. But then you demand that certain groups of people, when they come here, you demand that they respect you. You, you brag and are OK and content with being fourth and fifth class citizens here in America. But then, damn it, you want people to come here and respect you. You brag about, oh, we built this country, but you don't want to control it. You don't want to control the infrastructure, power grids. But we built this country. Oh, immigrant, if it wasn't for our us bleeding and the, the blood we shed, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to immigrate here. But we continue to put ourselves in position to be fifth and sixth class citizens. But we demand everybody to respect us. We don't want any power and we're content with being fifth and sixth class citizens. Let me read this article. For many black, this is in the LA Times, for many black voters, 2020 isn't about pride. Stop the show. And, and this isn't propaganda, this is the truth. And the thing about it is this is not a 2020 thing. This has been going on, I really started following elections when Obama was first in office. And I remember black people being proud. Hey, you know, what's Obama going to do for black people? Oh. Oh, Obama ain't got to do nothing for black people. Obama is everybody president. He 
everybody's president. You don't have to do nothing for black people. I'm just looking. The Hispanic community wanted something specific for them. LGBTQ alphabets wanted something. White people, white, everybody wanted something for their group. But black people were proud about not having anything for them. And will damn near cuss you out for even bringing it up. Oh, black agenda. Black agenda. Huh? Obama's everybody's president. He's just not the black president. Okay. But then you want people to respect us. But we don't want no power. But for some reason, you want people to respect us. For many black votes, voters, 2020 isn't about pride or making history. It's about beating Trump. So the black agenda now. The tan so-called tangible that black people want is to beat Donald Trump, get Donald Trump out of office. That's the tangible now. I mean, where's my Liberian money at? Here we go. Here's, let me get my Liberian money real quick. Hold on. Is this my Liberian money? Hold on. When I bring up what we have done, what we could do, we had our own money, own nation. A lot of you guys don't want a connection to Africa. You guys are just happy with being fifth class citizens in America. Joyous about it. We went from having a nation of our own, having some self-respect, to now the black agenda is to get Donald Trump out of office. That's the agenda now. Everybody else is coming with tangibles, wanting tangibles. Our tangibles to get Trump out of office. That is the dumbest, most self-defeating, ignorant-ish I ever heard. I just, I'm done. Here we go. Katera, Katrina Norris Carter is a bundle of conflicting impulses. As a black woman, she's delighted with Kamala Harris' presidential bid. As a liberal activist, she's thrilled with the Elizabeth Warren's groaning board of progressive policy proposals. But as someone consumed with defeating President Trump, Carter is determined to think with her head, not her heart. And that cold calculation Calculation is pushing her towards Joe Biden. Guys, when I I'm telling, I predicted this. Black people are gonna cry about Central Park Five. Oh, I can't believe what happened. The injustice, the, just the injustice. I can't believe it. With all the main people who were involved in railroading those boys, we're all Democrats. Joe Biden, ninety-four crime bill. They were all, they're all the same. And I'm not saying go vote Republican. All I'm saying is, look, do you guys want to be one power or not? If you want power, there's a way to it. But right now, the way we're going is hustling backwards. Then you want me, let me finish the article first. Not her heart and that cold calculation is pushing her toward Joe Biden among the crowded 2020 Democratic field. 
The former vice president may, may, may not excite her like some candidates, but he boasts one asset that, to Carter's mind, surpasses all others. As a white male firmly embedded in the political establishment, Biden more than a female or black candidate stands the best chance of winning the White House. This is where, now I'm gonna get on you so-called feminists. You guys talk about, oh, we gotta end patriarchy. Oh, toxic masculinity. Oh, we gotta end patriarchy. But like I said years ago, as long as the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy comes from white men, from white men, these so-called uh, black dusty feminists have no problem with it. Case in point, Simone Sanders. Case in point. Feminism is nothing more, from a black perspective, is nothing more, nothing more than having a comfortable seat next to white zaddy that's all that's all that that's all that's it more than a female or black candidate stands the best okay biden more than a female or a black candidate stands the best chance of winning the white house we really need to be talking to, we really need to be taking the temperature of the entire country, said Carter 51, who two years ago helped rally black women across Alabama to put Democrat Doug Jones in the US Senate. What has Doug Jones done for black people since he's been in the US Senate for Alabama? In fact, that, let me, I think there was an article on him the other day when, hold on one second. Doug Jones has done absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, hold on. This is an article from February 22nd, 2019. I'm just going to read the title. Alabama is already, already waving goodbye to its fluke, Senator Doug Jones. See, these are the terrible decisions we make. He was a fluke. So we don't demand power. But we want people to respect. Now, Dinah, why do you keep bringing up this whole respect thing? Let's see. Let me finish re reading some more of this. Black voters and black women in particular are the bedrock of the Democratic Party, given their large numbers. In fact, let me skip down to this part. But nationwide polling focus groups, group interviews and conversations with campaign strategists, voters and political activists across Alabama suggest many African-Americans aren't focused on policy or making history. It's just the, the dumbest. And, and she's telling the truth. Like this is not a, a propaganda. This is the truth. Like I'm one of my Facebook groups when. Uh, Biden came out and said that his number one priority is the LGBTQ alphabet. Uh, community. You know what black people were saying? 
oh man, I can't believe he's not going to do anything for black folks. Now, after all these years of us not demanding anything from black people, I mean, of all these years of the Democratic Party not demanding anything from, I'm sorry, all these years black people not demanding anything from the Democratic Party. What makes you think they're going to change now? But listen, and this is why the Democratic Party doesn't do shit for black people. Now, again, I'm not saying go vote the Republican. But I'm just, just proving the point how we don't want power, meaning if we don't want power, don't demand. It's a waste of time to try to demand respect as a collective. Now, as an individual level, other people respect you. But as a collective, we are the laughing stock of the planet. And the only thing that's saving us right now is that we are great entertainers. If it wasn't for hip hop and athletics, oh, God. That's the only thing that's saving us. Because I'm telling you, if you're black and you travel, especially to Europe or other places, they're going to assume you're an entertainer or athlete. They're going to talk about how they love pretty much black entertainment. That's the only thing that's saving us right now. Because outside of that, yeah, whatever. But nationwide polling focus group interviews and conversations with campaign strategists, voters, and political activists across Alabama suggest many African-Americans are focused on policy or making history. Why? Why aren't you focused on? But we've never been focused on policy. This is nothing new. But you want people to respect us by, say, putting Harris or, or another woman in the White House. They are so sick and tired of being sick and tired of Trump. There's this almost unconscious feeling they're going to go without with the candidate. They're going to go with the candidate that is more likely to beat him. Not one black person can articulate how our time. Not one black person can articulate how since Trump has been in office, we have been worse off than under Obama. Now, one black person can articulate that. How since Trump has been in office, how have we been worse off under Trump than under Obama or under Bush? In fact, I tell you what, we were better under Bush. I'm going to tell you why we're better under Bush. I got that refund check, remember, $2,000, boy, and blew it. When Bush was in office, I got that $2,000 refund check. I remember it like it was yesterday, and I, I, I blew it immediately. This is back like in 2006 or 2007. I think it was 2007 or eight, something like before Obama got elected. I remember I got that $2,000 check, that refund stimulus check. And I blew it that next day. Outside of that, not any, no one can articulate how we've been worse off under Trump than Obama or, or Clinton or any other presidents. So, Don, it's where are you getting to? But this is the thing. This is the, shout out to Doug. Doug, where you been? 
Shout out to Doug. Doug is disappeared on me. Shout out to Doug. This is the problem. We don't want power. We hustling backwards. I read an article today on how now black people with good jobs, if they move into communities that are being gentrified and are able to pay the higher rent, now we are gentrifying the community. What happened to buying back the block? So now if black people can afford the higher rent. We we're the, the I mean, black people that what make over $70,000 now, we're, we're, we're the problem now. The Democratic Party has told you they're not going to do nothing for you. Recession, ah, whatever. I mean, I got my $2,000 check. I was straight. She's like, we don't want to win. But then I got black people who come to me. Oh, man, Dinus. Those immigrants, those African immigrants need to respect us. We built this country. We made it possible for them to immigrate here. We made it possible for everybody to immigrate here. And you know what I used to say? You know what? You're right. So, you know, I used to go read up. And when I got into a debate with an immigrant or, you know, a African or Jamaican immigrant, I would spit the facts. Oh, if it wasn't for Booker T. Washington and the uh, him fighting the African exclusionary measure. Uh, I mean, yeah, because they were trying to exclude immigrants of African descent to come to America. If it wasn't for Booker T. Washington, you wouldn't be able to come here. Look at all our African leaders who have played a role in Pan-Africanism Pan and helping Africa. Look, you know, I, used to, I had a list of what black people did to ensure that immigrants could come over here and immigrate. I had a list. I, I would fire it off. I would fire it off. I had a list. I would fire it off. Then, you know, then of course we got, then, then you know, the, the people will come and say, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe that they, that they is allowing, I can't believe that they allowing these British actors to, black British actors to take our jobs in Hollywood. I can't believe that. Oh, I can't believe it. So I'm like, okay. So the first question is, let me go back to my sales career. Who's the boss? Who makes the decisions? Who cuts the check? ADOS Blackman, are you cutting the check? No. Okay, who cuts the check? That white guy over there. Okay, so let's do this. How about we start our own movie industries? How about we start our own movie industry? And then we can hire each other and keep it 
you know, I guess ADOS. Guys, hit that like button as you come in. Please hit that like button. How about we do that? Oh, do what? Start our own thing. Oh, we can't do that. Then what, then what do you want to do? You don't want to start your own industry. You don't want to be proactive. You don't want power. You don't want any demands. You don't want tangibles. You want nothing tangible for the black community. But you want to demand white people to not hire black British actors and give the jobs to us. You know what that's called? That's called being the angry secretary. And then when black British actors, they come in, they get the jobs. All we can do is sit there and be the angry secretary. And instead of quitting the system or the job and say, you know what? Since I want ADOS or, you know, whatever to have opportunities directly specifically for us, let's go start our own industry. You still want to be the angry secretary and just be mad and pout and be upset. But you're mad. I don't care who it is, what immigrant it is. You're mad at the black British actor or the Caribbean or whatever for bypassing the angry secretary to go to the boss who cuts the check. But you're content. with being the angry secretary and just being upset. And how are you gonna rise up? You gonna rise up and make sure the, the, the black British actor doesn't get a job. I'm just saying. And all we wanna do is just talk about how our ancestors built this country that they didn't wanna build it. Like they wanted no parts of it. You know, some of us just enjoy being fifth and sixth class. I had uh, somebody tell me one time. I mean, this is this is what we're dealing with. And they were dead serious. I was like, look, why are we demanding a black agenda or tangibles? Why are we fighting for everybody else? Listen, I used to be a hardcore liberal. You know, I used to be for feminism. Back in like, from like, I would say, in fact, Obama's first term, let's say Obama got in office for like 08. So I would say 2008 to about 2011 and 12. I was a hard, 2011-ish. I was a hardcore liberal. I was for feminism. I supported feminism. You know, I was feminist, feminism, yeah. The ozone layer. <laughs> Uh, uh, save the uh, uh, the the hippopotamus that's going extinct. 
I was for, I supported the LGBTQ alphabet. I supported, I support, I was a liberal. I was a social justice warrior. I supported everything. Then what woke me up It's just, you know, when I did, I, during my, really, I tell you, my, um, I was, we are the world. I was, I was, we are the world. That's what I was, uh, Johari Thomas. Everyone who super chatted, thank you. I was, they, I was, I was uh, chasing the snow bunnies. <laughs> I was hardcore. Hey, listen, about, I was supporting everything. Listen. I will support. I'm just. I'm just letting you know. So I mean, it's gonna come out one day. So I might as well just be honest now. I was. I supported everything. I was a hardcore liberal. Hardcore. You know, I started to read. I started to travel. And I just saw the condition of black people, especially in LA. So during that time, I had a non. Well, I still have my nonprofit. Uh, and I would go on Scare Row and I feed the homeless. And I would notice everybody on Scare Row was black. The majority of people were black. But none of these politicians who were worried about the, uh, uh, you know, the, the endangered parrot, who are focused on the endangered parrot, none of the people who were I mean, basically, they were more concerned about the endangered parrot than they were black people. I'm like, something is wrong. Something's not right. So then after Obama's first term, I was like, you know what? Look, we got to have a black agenda. I started getting attacked. Like I started, I was the enemy. You know, all of my uh, uh, feminist friends, and I see like the Linda Fairstein. I used to hang out with the Linda Fairsteins. Linda Fairstein, the villain on Central Park Five. I used to hang out with the likes of Linda Fairsteins. I used to hang out with them. I'm telling you, I'm telling you from experience. I used to hang out with everybody, and for some reason. Whether it was the Linda Fairsteins, LGBT alphabets, the illegal uh, immigrant. I, I used to support illegal immigration. I used to support all these groups. Whatever I would go to them and say, hey, look, y'all getting yours. You know, I'm so happy that, you know, you're starting to get respect. And yeah, how about, can you guys help us out with a black agenda? We've been the most marginalized people here in America. We built this country, blah, 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 blah. A lot of you guys are riding off the coattails of the civil rights movement. If it wasn't for MLK taking a bullet, you know, uh, uh, feminism and illegal immigrants and immigrants and LGBT, you guys wouldn't have what you have. So come help us. Help the black man and woman. We have issues. Look what's going on, Skid Row, you know, just... And point out, look what's going to help us out. They looked at me like I was stupid. They looked at me like I was crazy. When I start coming with tangibles, 
asking for tangibles and saying, hey, let's do this. A group over here, can you help out this specific black group? We want us to what? You want us to who? I was like, yeah. Help us out. We helping you. I'm helping you out. I'm a black heterosexual male, and I'm here at the feminist meet. I'm here at this meet. I'm here to help you out. I support this. I support that. Come help us out. <clears throat> you want us to who? I said, okay. All right. Okay. And this is in liberal L.A. I said, okay. Then it start, everything started to add up and, and, and make sense. Okay, so Barack Obama gets on national TV. Anything outside of hoping, if anything outside of helping, uh, I mean, even, just in general, I mean, they won't help. A, okay, let me move on. Barack Obama was on national TV. He went on national TV. And see, this is why it all adds up now. So I had to go back. And I'm like, okay. So I'll help all these fringe groups. I'll, I'll help them all. I have no problem helping all these fringe groups. But these same fringe groups won't help us. So I'm like, it makes sense now. Now it makes sense. So Barack Obama goes on national TV. Renounces Louis Farrakhan. I don't care what you say about Louis Farrakhan. He's been active in the black community and empowering black people. Barack Obama goes on national TV. And renounces Jeremiah Wright. Who has been active and empowering the black community. Barack Obama goes on national TV and endorses Ron and Matt, racist Ron Emanuel. Now, you want to talk about how Linda Fairstein is racist? You want to talk about how Donald Trump is racist? Then you get mad when like the Om Omarosas and all these other, other black pastors um uh, endorse Donald Trump, but you have no issue with Obama endorsing Ron Emanuel. Then I said, okay, it makes sense now. If the black president, the face of black people, has no problem with renouncing people in the black community that have helped the black community not doing anything for the black community. Why in the hell would all these other groups want to help out black people? So it clicked. That, that's why. Then I got black friends that are like, hey, Dinah, you know what? We still got to help out all these people because, see, the black man, we are the original man, and we gave birth to all these groups. So they're really our kid, our children. So we have to help them out 
unconditionally. If you don't go sit down somewhere, I've literally had black people tell me that. See, Dinah, see, the black man gave birth to all the feminists, the white feminists, the LGBT alphabets, the uh, people who want to save the endangered parrots, the dogs, the cats. We gave birth to them because we are the original people. We are the original people. So it's not about us. It's about helping our kids. It's about helping them. But I just had to, st I had to sit back and look and like, but if I step on your tennis shoes right now, you'll be ready to fight me. Guys, I'm not, I'm not making this up. But then these same black people, man, Dinah's man, these African immigrants don't respect us, man. You need to go. You need to go talk to them, Dinah. You need to tell them everything we did for them. So you guys want me to give the African immigrants the we built this country speech. The if it wasn't for us. You African immigrant wouldn't be able to immigrate to America. You want me to go give them that speech, but you don't want to get, want me to give. And you so African immigrant, you need to reciprocate to the black American, because if it wasn't for us, you wouldn't be able to immigrate over here. But you don't want me to give that same speech to the LGBT alphabet community. You don't want me to give that same speech to the, the, the feminist community. You don't want me to give that same speech to the uh, all these other fringe groups. You don't want me to give a speech to them. You just want to just let it go. The illegal immigrants, the immigrants, you don't want me to give that speech to them and how they need to respect us because we built this country. You don't want to. You don't want me to give them that speech. I gotta save. I gotta just support them because they are kids. They are our kid, our children. The illegal immigrants, the immigrants, LGBT alphabets, uh, feminists. They are our children. So we need to just leave them alone. Let them do what they do and support them no matter what, even though it's not being reciprocated. But I'm supposed to give. The African immigrant, the, the whole 400 year speech. No more 400 year speeches. No more we built this country speeches. I'm over it. I'm I'm disconnected. I'm over it. I don't want to hear any more about that we built this country. I don't want to hear any more about the uh, civil rights and our our bones are buried in America. We we buried our bones are buried in America. I don't want to hear I I don't want to hear it. I don't I don't want to hear it. We are happy with being the cannon fodder of everybody else's political agenda. But damn it, we, we supposed to demand respect. No more.
Yeah, then we support Margaret Sanger making every excuse for Hillary Clinton after what she did in Libya to black people in Libya and to black people in uh in Haiti. I'm not giving no more speeches. My African brothers and sisters, Jamaica, whoever, hey, come, come to America, get your money. Only thing I ask is do not forget Africa. That's my only issue. Do not neglect Africa. Your job is to get as much money as you can here in America, tap into the system, take that money and build Africa. Go to the best schools, go to Harvard, go to Yale, go to the best schools. Take care of everything America has to offer. I'm sorry, take advantage of everything America has to offer. Do it. Because we do not want to win in America. We're not serious. We want no power. So damn it, why should we ask for demand respect? We want no power. So why do we want to demand the respect? Take advantage of all of it. African family, if people start asking you, you know, or to start trying to grill you, ask some questions like, who did you vote for? Do you believe black Americans should have a country of their own? Do you believe, what are black Americans trying to do to gain power? Like Grilla, do you identify as African? Now, those are the questions you ask them. And just watch the stupid roll out there and the, the, the powerless, the stupid, and the ignorance roll out of their mouth. But you want, to, you want me to respect you? You don't, you don't want any power. You don't want to build for yourself. You continue to support a party who doesn't respect you. But you want us to go through you when you're just a secretary and the boss is back there cutting the check? Nah, get out of my way. I'm just saying. Demanding respect with no power is hustling backwards and is an embarrassment. And I mean, like I said, after reading this article, about the black voters after reading this article about how if you're black and you could afford to live in a neighborhood that is being i mean it's just we're misery merchants we enjoy the misery and i'm just telling my african brothers caribbean brothers and sisters when you come to america don't you fall for the misery trap Don't fall for the misery trap. Misery loves and enjoys company.
We just, we enjoy being miserable. I mean, yeah, I'm reading this article. Oh, yeah, black people, middle class, you know, going upper middle class. Oh, okay. So because they make, they're making money and they can afford to get a, a one bedroom apartment in Harlem, even though, I mean, I understand how it's being gentrified and, um, you know, I understand that the rents have gone up. They're just as guilty now as white people who gentrify Harlem. But we talk about buying back the block. We talk about buying black. We have black people now who are coming back to Harlem or these neighborhoods that were being gentrified who are coming back and moving into these neighborhoods so we can see more black faces in them. So we're now we're so basically now we're being guilted and being punished and being made the enemy. If you're black and you're going moving back into a neighborhood that was historically black that's being gentrified, you're now the enemy. You're now the enemy. So we, we don't want to win. We don't want to win. We don't want any power. Come over here, get your money, get your bread. But all I ask is that you keep your allegiance to Africa, that you stay loyal to Africa. Buy, buy back the, buying back the block is nothing more than capitalism is getting your money, which is fine. I have no issue with it. There's no moral, whatever you want to call it, to it. It's just buying, it's just getting your money. It's a business, it's corporate, it's just business. Buy back the block, get your money. Because now if you buy back the block, you're, you're gentrifying, you're, it's reverse gentrification. I don't know what the hell they call it. it was the, the dumbest thing I ever heard. So a historically black neighborhood that's being gentrified by white people now, black people with the means who have money who are coming back into these historically black neighborhoods, they're now just as guilty as the white people who gentrified it. Again, we don't want to win. I'll take one. I'll take, I'll take a couple call-ins. Here's my, my email. I'm going to put, put my email in the uh, chat room. But then, so we'll get mad at the black professional who's moving back into these historically black neighborhoods that are gentrified, but we'll vote for the politicians who allow the neighborhoods to be gentrified. I'm with Keisha. My mayor's name is Keisha. No affordable housing is coming, okay? It's not coming. And if affordable housing is coming, if you don't make at least $50,000 a year, you're, you might as well forget it. If you don't make at least $50,000 a year, you might as well forget it. But so you'll vote for the politicians and be proud and happy and militant about it. Keisha Adams, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Keisha Lance Bottoms, um, Stacey Abrams. You'll go out and vote for him. Yeah, my mayor's name is Stacey. 
and my governor's name is about to be uh i'm sorry my mayor's name is keisha and my governor's name is about to be stacy that was what they were saying in atlanta won't offer you not one tangible not one tangible rents are going skyrocketing but you won't go to city hall and, and, and impress them you won't go down to new york city hall new york city city hall and press them you won't go down to los angeles city hall and press them but you're mad at the black professional that can afford to move back into the, the predominantly black neighborhood that's being gentrified. Thank you, T. Kelly. Guy, black people, look, take your $10,000, $13,000, go to Nigeria, go to Sierra Leone, build you a little house and get you a, a, a glass of palm wine and stop playing. <laughs> Y'all tripping. If you're black and you retire, take your $3,000 a month check, your pension, little money you guys saved up, go to Nigeria, go build you a, a decent house for $30,000 and get you some palm wine and kick back. Y'all tri tripping over here in America. This shit is just, it's comical. It's, co it's comical. Okay, you ain't got to go to Nigeria. Go to Kenya. I don't know if they drink palm wine over there. Okay, go to Kenya. Get you some choma and kick back. Or go to Ghana. Hell. Go to Senegal. <laughs> Y'all tripping over here. Hustling backwards. Hustling backwards, but we love it. We love the hustle backwards. I'll take a couple callers. Hold on one second. Here we go. Now, so I, I actually went to my Facebook page and here's a story that's on right now. Black girls suffer harsh consequences of being seen as older than white girls. I mean, if you don't take your $20,000, your pitching check, go to Cote d'Ivoire, go to Nigeria, and get you some palm wine and kick back. So let me read, you know, I'm just I'm just saying. Okay, well get your mom's bones. My mama's bones buried in sweet old Mississippi ain't going nowhere. Okay, get your mama's bones. Take them with you to um to Nigeria and get you some palm wine. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You bragging about how your ancestors' bones are buried, 
not knowing that you can ship their bones. Ship the bones, okay? Ship them. FedEx the bones, okay? But FedEx, uh, DHL the bones, all right? But my ancestors' bones are buried in America. Okay, dig up the bones, put them in a box, and ship them. I'm just saying. Y'all still talking about some bones. FedEx them, DHL. In fact, you could ship them cargo on the plane. I'm pretty sure because everything's decomposed. The only thing left is some bones. You can throw the bone, bones in a box, put them under the plane, and ship them. And you can bury them wherever you're at. Yeah, that's all I understand. Ancestors' bones are everywhere. Africa here. But since your ancestors, you just can't leave because your ancestors' bones are buried in America. You just can't leave. So dig up the bones and ship them with you. Because again, we're gonna have Central Park Parks, Central Park Part Six. You know, again, I go on my face, but first thing that pops up, black girls who uh, look like adults are treated worse than white women who are adults. I mean, I mean, what do you want? I don't know, but everyone, let me check my email again. If you don't want to hop on, that's fine, but I'm going to go ahead and log out. So everyone, thank you so much for joining. Again, make sure you go to Search for Uhuru on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, make sure you guys go visit straightblacklove.com. Make sure you go to straightblacklove.com. Again, thank you. I appreciate it. Make sure you go to, again, search for who on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. Like, share, subscribe if you're new to YouTube. Until next time, family, Donnie Samir, search for Huru. Peace.